On today's show, we talk to Julia about her trip to Disneyland Paris. This is Double Your WDW, the Disney World Planning Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 165. I'm your host, Julie Elster, creator of WRWDW.com, the Disney World Planning website. I have a repeat guest today. Julia joins me again. She went to Disney World and Universal uh, last year. She did uh, one day in at uh, Disney World and uh, was mostly Universal. But this time around, she shares with us her trip to Disneyland Paris and after our first conversation last year, she told me like, oh, we're, you know, we're thinking of doing Paris. If we do Disneyland, you know, would you want me to talk? And I was like, sure. I really didn't think she'd uh, come back on the show. So I was so, so, so excited when she reached out and she was like, no, we booked it. It's happening. And I want to come back on the show. Um, and to say that I'm jealous is an understatement. I have not been to Disneyland Paris. So so much of what she talks about is also new to me. So we talk like the logistics because it's, you know, it's different. Um, and so she she talks about getting to and from the parks and they didn't just do Disneyland Paris. And we talk about that as well. Can you just do a Disney trip if you're going overseas? Is it worth it to just do a Disney trip? Spoiler alert, no. And I think we all knew the answer, but we talk about some of the differences in planning, in culture, in just the parks in general. Um, in the rides, we compare the rides, uh, you know, some rides there are similar or the same. I, you know, I say the same, they're not the same. Uh, they're close, they're similar, they're inspired by, but they're different. And uh, don't forget to go and look at the photos. She sent me a whole bunch of photos from the parks because this, in my opinion, is the most beautiful castle, the Disneyland Paris castle. Um, and just just amazing greenery, I guess would be the word. Um, there's like a, a maze from Alice in Wonderland in there. Um, just the trees around the castle. I can't describe it. Me describing it is not going to do it any sort of justice. So really, I highly recommend looking at her photos. And she did an amazing job taking photos, too. And the drones, I the, those drones photograph so well. So they, Disneyland Paris does a drone show. So cool. Okay. I'm going to stop babbling. I just, you can tell how excited I am about this trip. So let's let Julia just jump right in. Hi, Julia. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be back. Yes. Okay. You chatted with me last year, August, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And that was a Disney world trip. Universal and a day at Disney World. We had the Halloween party. So. Okay, that's right. Yes, you did Universal and just the Halloween party. All right. So this trip, though, something very different. So where were you headed on this trip? So we were headed to Paris. We went to Paris. We did Disneyland. And then we went to Munich afterwards. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Disneyland Paris is on my bucket list. I've never been to Paris. Um, my husband's been I have not. He didn't do Disneyland, though. It is a bucket list thing for me. And I don't know a ton about Disneyland Paris. So I'm really excited to chat with you and hear all about it because I've heard it's a very different experience. So I know your trip wasn't just Disneyland, but your your what were the dates of your of your entire trip? So we departed from Detroit on Friday, May 12th. We had a 6 p.m. flight and then we arrived in Paris on Saturday, May 13th at around 8 a.m. So it was an overnight flight that 
we did not sleep on. (laughs) Yeah. International flights, doing it overnight is what everybody says. And I've done it, but I'm the same. I have a really hard time sleeping on airplanes. So it's, it's brutal. Who was going with you? Who was on this trip? Just myself and my husband. So this was kind of like the trip that we planned for our honeymoon in 2020, but because we didn't get to do international travel, then we, we modified it. Originally, we weren't going to do Paris and Disneyland, but we were able to add on and it was just absolutely magical. It was fantastic. So other than than Disneyland, and Disneyland, I definitely want to be the focus of the trip. But was Disneyland like the it sounds like it wasn't the main part of your trip. What else were you guys seeing when you were there? Yeah, so when we were in Paris, we did the Louvre, we did the Eiffel Tower, we went to Versailles, we walked around and saw some of the sites like the Notre Dame, a couple of other chapels, and it was just absolutely positively beautiful. And, you know, we would love to go back because it's just so different than anything that you can see here. When we were in Munich, I have a cousin that lives nearby about an hour away. So we took the train to see her and she had the opportunity to meet Matt. And I had the opportunity to see her daughter who I hadn't seen in 10 years. It was it was a lot of fun. And then we did New Schwanstein, which is inspiration for Cinderella Castle, Walt Disney one. That's how he you know created the animation for that. We did a couple of other castles and we went to a couple of other towns and we did Dachau. So it was just a really, really awesome experience. I couldn't imagine recreating it and having it be better. I just feel so fortunate to have been able to do this with him. Absolutely amazing. And I'm glad that you got a chance to have like a redo for the honeymoon that you might mean you did get to do Disney World last year, you know, but it's that's it's not the same, right? You know, so I'm, I'm glad that you got to do the the honeymoon redo with your husband. Okay, so let's talk about Disneyland Paris. Was that your first stop or were you already? We were already in Paris, but getting to Disneyland, whether you're coming from the airport or coming from the city is pretty similar. So typically what you're going to do is you're going to hop on a train, whether it's from, you know, the city or the airport, and they have direct trains that go to the Chessie station. So you'll buy the train ticket and then it's direct. It's nice. It takes maybe about 30 to 40 minutes. So it's not a super long trip. It drops you off right outside of Disney Village. It's really quick. And then it's a five minute walk to the buses. And then you can go to your hotel, drop off your luggage, go to the parks. Okay. So you took the train there. Is that, you know, when you're planning Disney World, you know, Mm -hmm. there are all these resources that are like, here's the best transportation options. Did you find that there were resources like that for Disneyland Paris? Were you like, I've researched it, the train's the best way to go? Or is that like literally the the only way that you're going to get there, you know, easily with luggage and whatnot from the airport? You can call a car. We we worked with our travel agent and kind of discussed what she's had other clients do. And she's had both car and the train. And I am not a huge fan of urban traffic, especially there. They drive like maniacs. <laughs> they do. <laughs> so we opted for the train. It's a little bit more relaxing. The stop, it's not as... It's not as chaotic. Yeah, it's not as chaotic. And it's direct. So it's not like you're going around. You know, the trains have the opportunity to just take the straight shot. And it was 
nice. And it takes you right there, it sounds like. So that's very convenient. Okay. And were you guys staying on property at Disneyland? Yes. You were. Where did you stay? We stayed at the Hotel Santa Fe. It's similar to, it's one of their value properties, but I would probably say it's more similar to a moderate level room at Walt Disney World. They're small, which, you know, everything is smaller out there anyways, but it's it has the structure where they're set up in the building pods where you're not in one big hotel, but they, they do have the entrance from the inside versus being exterior doors to get into your room. So more like a hotel style versus like the motel style that you would see with our value resorts at Disney World. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then we, so we were in, we got a preferred room that was close to amenities. So we were in like McQueen building 42. And one thing to note there is their floors go zero, which is the ground floor, then one, then two. So we were trying to get into our room, which was <laughs> McQueen 121 and the ground floor. And we were trying to bop our keys in and it was not working. And so we called the front desk. I went to the front desk and he was like, well, you know, we fixed it. It should, it should work. And then I called the front desk from the little white phone that they have in the, uh, in the building. And they were like, well, you're, you're on the ground floor right now. You're supposed to be on the first floor. And I'm like, (laughs) I wonder how often that happens with American tourists. I'm guessing that that's fairly common with American tourists because I 100% would make that same mistake. (laughs) Especially because the way he worded it, he said that our room was on the first floor and it was room number 21. But when we went up to the sec, to the, (laughs) <laughs> you know, first floor that wasn't on the ground. Right, the room number right. was 121. So had he said, you're on floor one, room 121, it might have made a little bit more sense. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about planning for this trip. Is the level of planning required similar to Disney World, more or less? Like, did you find yourself doing a lot of advanced planning before you arrived? I think the only advanced planning that I did was just really trying to figure out what's different between Walt Disney World and Disneyland Paris. Because the the nice thing about it being smaller is there's not as many options. There's not as much park planning that you can do. There's not as many parks you can go to. It's not like Walt Disney World where you have to plan, okay, I'm a maximizer. I'm going to do this park on this day, this park on this day, and then go down the line. What we did was we had park hopper tickets. I can't remember if those are standard where you can go between the two parks. I just kind of went through and figured out, okay, this attraction's different. I definitely want to make sure we do this one. This attraction's different. I definitely want to make sure we do this one. And then on the second day that we were there, we had Premier Access, which is similar. It's more similar to Universal's Express Pass than Genie Plus because you have a QR code on your phone. And you can just scan in one time on each ride and you can cut the line. The only Ooh, ride that, that. That, doesn't work on, that that doesn't work on is Pirates. It sounds like then they don't have any sort of version of Genie Plus or anything like that. It's just Premier Pass is their skip the line option. Did this, did Premier Pass, was this a part of like your hotel package? Did you pay extra for that? We paid extra for it. Okay. We didn't 
from our research, it didn't look like there, like if you stayed at a more expensive hotel, it didn't look like it would be included in the stay. But the pricing is more similar to the Universal Express passes where it's not just, oh, it's not $15 a day. It's like, it, it varies, but it's, you know, starting at $100, $150 a day. And so the second day we were there, the parks were at capacity because it was a holiday. It was uh, Ascension Day over over there. So a lot of people had off and it felt way busier on the 18th than it did on the 17th. Glad we had the Express Pass for that day because it saved us like hours of just waiting in line. Yeah, if it was a holiday, I'm I'm sure it did. All right. So why don't we backtrack a little bit and tell me a little bit more about the resort that you stayed in. You said this was their version of a value resort. It felt more like a moderate to you. How many res- do you know how many resorts they have at Disneyland Paris? So they have the two value slash moderate resorts that are on the lower end. And it's the Hotel Santa Fe, which is cars theme and Hotel Cheyenne, which is like a Wild West cowboy theme. And those are right across the river from one another. So they're about the same distance to the parks. They have one that is a Sequoia themed hotel. So like you're out in Northern California with the big trees. Interesting that they a lot like so far, everything you've named is really American. It's all American themed, Julie. Like I've stayed at several themed resorts like this in America. <laughs> it was funny because I wanted, I was like, OK, you know, maybe we can go somewhere and it can be Paris themed. But no, none of them are. I think So there's, there's nothing like Remy or like Ratatouille as far as that goes, like the theming of the resorts, everything you've listed so far. Cars is very, very American. The Wild West and Cowboys, obviously very American. So it's it's interesting. And that one, they kind of like theme, they have a Woody in the IP a little bit. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. They're, I don't know what, what they do for the one that's the Northern California one. I think there might be one more that's like above the above the room style that we were had that we had, but wasn't like top tier rooms. And then for the top tier rooms, they have one that's themed like Newport Beach, the Hotel New York, which is their newest one. And that's Marvel themed. And right at the entrance of Disneyland is they have the Disneyland Hotel. Yeah, that's the only one I was familiar with, just because it's at the entrance. And that one's a little bit more Parisian themed. It's like the princesses and everything. But that's under refurbishment. So we didn't even Mm. have the option to stay there. Oh, okay. So what did you think of the resort that you were staying at, the Hotel Santa Fe, the Cars-themed hotel. I love cars. So I had my Lightning McQueen Crocs. I had my Lightning McQueen backpack. I was a happy camper. It wasn't anything fancy, but it was very comfortable. The options were either two doubles or a queen and then a pullout. And we opted for the doubles because typically we use a king. So we wanted to make sure we had our space. We could sprawl out. We didn't crowd one another. (laughs) so we just got the doubles and they were comfortable beds the the room was small but we could fit everything it was comfortable so was the theming similar at all to the resorts at disney world like you look at art of animation or all-star movies and you know there those are going to have cars themed areas is it something similar to that more so less so it's it's a little bit less in your 
space. So they don't have like the big resin cars. There's a lot of wall decor and it's a lot of cute touches that are themed to cars. And we have some photos of it. So I'll definitely send them to you. Oh, yeah. So you can include them. I will put photos of as much as you're willing to share with me in the show notes, everybody can see because I'm sure everybody will want to take a look at the stuff that we're talking about here. All right. So when you're at these resorts, you know, at Disney World, you have to take buses everywhere. Even Disneyland here, a lot of the resorts, you have to take buses. Are you able to walk from the resort, from your resort? Yeah, that was one of the nice things. Even though it was a value, it was only a 15 minute walk to the parks. So that was awesome. Do they offer any sort of shuttle? Like if you're not able to to walk? Yeah, they do. And it comes every 10 or so minutes. And that's what's nice about this is because there's only one bus shuttle area that you're going to, the shuttles are really reliable. It drops you off where you would get picked up for the train station, where you would go to Disney Village, where you would go for the parks. That's all the same spot. So it's just one loop that the shuttles are doing. Ah, very nice. So again, like similar to Universal, where it's like just one bus because everything's kind of in the same spot. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about the layout of Disneyland Paris? So you you're talking about the two parks Mm -hmm. and what's the area called? Disney Village. Disney Village. So what is Disney Village? Disney Village is similar to downtown Disney. So you have to walk through that. Like if you're walking from any of the hotels, you have to walk completely through Disney Village to get to either park. Shops and restaurants, they have a movie theater there. They have the Lego store there. They have an arcade. So it's, you know, a bunch of stuff that's very similar to that, like Disney Springs. But they don't have as many, like, you know how Disney Springs has some of the more specialty stores? The stores that they have there are all more World of Disney and various versions of that. So more like touristy touristy things rather than like high-end shops or specialty shops. Yeah, exactly. Because if you want those high-end or specialty shops, all you have to do is get on that train and go back to Paris. You're going into Paris. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. You know, the shopping experience in Orlando is obviously going to be very different than the shopping experience in Paris. Okay. I've, so I've heard that dining in, and this is not just like a Disneyland Paris thing. This is like more of a European thing in general. As Americans, we're always like, we should eat. We should sit down and snack. Like that's just kind of our culture. They are not like that over there. And I've heard that it can sometimes be a shock for Americans. I don't know if that's still the case. Did you find like as you're walking through or like if you were hungry at the parks, were you able to like just stop and grab a snack or sit down to eat? Were restaurants all open, available, snacks? Yeah. So we had the dining plan, which we had breakfast at our hotel every morning for arrival day. And then we had lunch and we had dinner. We gorged ourselves enough during the meals that we had (laughs) where we weren't really feeling like we needed snacks. However, the one thing that I did notice is, especially in the parks, there were way less snack carts or way less quick service options or easily accessible quick service options than there were in the States. I don't know if they were just more hidden, but like at the end of our first night there, when we were watching the drone show, we wanted to get a crepe before while we were waiting because 
we were getting kind of hungry. It was like 9.30 at night. So we were trying to find a place and there was only one stall open. And it was like right in the hub by where everyone was. And it's like, okay, we're going to wait in this line. It's going to be worth it. And it was. They were really good. (laughs) I'm glad at least it was worth it. (laughs) But when you're walking through Disney Village, there's a bunch of little booths that are set up that are one after another. And that's where they have more of the snacky pastry pretzels, stuff like that. Gotcha. Okay. So it's not, it's not hard to get. You just have to go to Disney Village, but walking through the parks, you're not going to see pretzel carts every hundred feet like you would at Disney World or popcorn or whatever. Interesting. Okay. Why don't we just like jump into your, your first park day then? So did you going in, did you have like a, a plan, an itinerary in your mind? Did you know what you were going to do? Or were you just like, we're here, let's explore? What was your plan for day one? It was one? kind of a mix of both. There were some things where it's like, okay, I definitely want to do Big Thunder. But other than that, and we had a dinner reservation. But other than that, it wasn't really too set in stone. Because we weren't sure what, what time we would be getting there. We weren't sure how long check-in would take. Because I've heard that's kind of been a mix. Thankfully, it was a walk-up we got checked in, we got into our room fairly quickly, but I've heard people have had to wait an hour or so to get through the hotel check-in line. We got to Disneyland Paris around 1.30 p.m. It was super easy. We got off the train, walked outside. There's a little information booth and we were like, hey, how do we get to our hotel? And she said, walk to your bus over there. And so we walked to the bus, maybe waited five minutes for the bus. And then it was a five to 10 minute ride to the resort from there. Our room was ready, which was awesome. The day before, we filled out the survey, that the check-in survey, and they were like, what time are you going to be here? And we said, we said, oh, we think we'll be here between noon and one. Was that like a, a pre-check-in? Was that like what was that like what you would fill out on the app here to go to Disney World? So it was like a pre-check-in. And then it, one thing that Americans have to do when they're staying overseas is they have to have their passport information on file with the hotels that they're staying at. I'm not 100% sure why, but we stayed at a hotel in Paris that made us give them that information. And then Disneyland took down our passport information as well. So it was just a, hey, you know, here's a heads up. This is the information that you'll need once you get into check-in. Plus, what time are you getting here? So. Other than the confusion with what floor our room was actually on, everything was really, really smooth. <laughs> Once you found your we room, found it. it was all good. Yeah. <laughs> good. All right. Were you going straight to the parks after that or are you just kind of hanging out? Oh, no. Out? We were going straight to the parks. Excellent. The room wasn't super up to date, but it was comfortable and it was quiet. So that was really, really nice. Another thing to note too, typically with quick service here, I think it's just the cafes or like for the value resorts, they just have a cafeteria, right? They don't have a full on restaurant. This one had a buffet and then it had a sit down restaurant as well, which was, we didn't end up going to the sit down restaurant here, but that's just another thing to note that they had. So the gates to Disneyland were just about a mile away from our door, like the door of our building. So by the time we got to the park, it was about three o'clock. And so we had lunch at Casey's Corner. And Julie, this was the most magical thing ever. So we go into Casey's Corner. We were able to use our dining plan. 
and um, it included the hot dog. The plant-based one was fantastic. We got a brownie and then fries and then a drink. And then by the time we got out, we heard the music starting for the parade. There was a table open right outside of Casey's Corner. We could see the castle from where we were sitting. We could see the parade coming down Main Street. And it was just, it was absolutely Disney magic that everything just worked out when we got there. How did you manage to grab a table like that? <laughs> that's that's amazing. That, that, I think that's one thing, too, about Europeans. If they're going to have a meal, they're going to, especially the French, they're going to sit down and they're going to eat that meal for a long, long time and just relax and enjoy it. But they're not just going to sit and rest, if that makes sense. Oh, like like Americans. Oh, no, no, it does. Where, you know, some like that's one of the biggest complaints about quick service at Disney World that I hear is people will be like, you know, you try and go in and find a table and there are people just sitting and they're not, you know, they're not eating, they're not doing, they're just taking up space because it's hot and they want air conditioning or whatever. Like they're just chilling. And so <laughs> you're not going to get that. That's, I think, another very American thing <laughs> that we specifically do. So because do. we weren't there for like a super popular meal time. And we were eating outside. If you were outside, you were standing at Main Street, which wasn't overly crowded to watch the parade. Like we could see it from where we were sitting. We couldn't see like the actors on the or the cast members on the ground, but we could clearly see the parade floats. And it's not like we were watching through rows and rows of people. So if you were outside, you were watching the parade. And if you were inside at the seating at Casey's Corner, then you were eating in there. But it was just absolutely perfect like i started getting choked up so i was like this is only in disney only in disney can it be this magical <laughs> okay so how tell me a little bit about the parade how how do things like that like the entertainment compare typically when i'm at disney world i'm only a parade person if i'm stuck behind it <laughs> okay no that's fair they're, enough <laughs> they're doing their 30th anniversary right now so the parade was kind of themed to that and it was it was really good the parade floats were really pretty they're colorful rainbowy glass looking platforms and it was just fun the music was fun it was in english that was good for me because i don't speak french let's talk a little bit about the the castle at disneyland paris i personally think that this is the prettiest of all of the the castles how was it in person though it was absolutely beautiful the square rectangle trees they have all around everything everything was so beautiful and it's it's interesting because it's not like disney world or disneyland in the states is negligent of attention to detail but just the types of details that they put into the parks here or in paris were just over the top it was more elegant i guess i don't i don't i don't think classy is the right word but it just it was so pretty it was it was more pretty in person than in the photos okay that's amazing because i already think it's the prettiest castle of of all of them all right what so we started off casey's corner a magical moment with the parade just kind of walk me through your i guess it's afternoon at this point yeah walk me through your afternoon so we went first to hyperspace mountain because we both love space mountain and it's like okay now space mountain is themed to star wars how can this be bad and it was not it was absolutely fantastic it was so much fun i would not recommend going on this ride right after eating at casey's corner though because <laughs> it was a posted 15 minute wait which was accurate 
And we both felt like we were going to vomit when we got off. (laughs) So you said 15, only a 15 minute wait? Yep. Wait times are, wait times seem significantly lower there because even though the parks were completely full and they weren't selling any more park tickets on Thursday, the wait times didn't really go up. It's not like you had super long waits for Space Mountain or Big Thunder. It's like we saw Big Thunder later in the day on the 18th and it was a 35 minute wait. Interesting. And you're not using the the Premier Access yet. Not yet. No. And so it's still low wait times. That's and with a sold out park, that's crazy. Are, are they I wonder if they're capping. I wonder if they're capping attendance, like if it's attendance is a lot lower than what we have here. How did the crowds feel? Like, did it feel crowded? So the 18th was sold out, but the 17th was not. I don't know how close to capacity it was, but it did not feel crowded at all. It was very comfortable to walk through the crowds. We didn't feel claustrophobic. Not on the 17th. It just felt really easy to walk around. It was easy to find a spot for the drone show later in the day. Oh, good. The 18th, it felt a little bit more busy, but still it wasn't as bad as a busy day at Disney World. Okay. All right. So Hyperspace Mountain, worth the 15 minutes, definitely sounds like. Yeah. And the one thing about that, too, is this this ride goes upside down like they have a corkscrew or an inversion of some kind. It's like Disney World where it's almost completely dark, but they have Star Wars animations and stuff, the ride. But so you can't see what the track is doing, but you definitely feel yourself going upside down a couple of times. And I'm not into super intense coasters, but I could definitely handle this. And had I not felt like I was going to vom afterwards, I would have definitely (laughs) done it again. If not for that plant-based hot dog. (laughs) So we went to Small World after that because we needed something a little bit not spinny and easy. And that was a posted 10-minute wait time, I think. And it was 10 minutes. And it it had just opened after a refresh. So it was just everything felt... Everything out there that we did felt a little bit more... Like it had more TLC than at Disney World. So like, you know how some of the dolls on the Small World ride here kind of are looking a little bit... A little sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of the yeah. dolls looked happy there. And and I'm sure part of it had to do with the reefer, but everything just seemed like... I know it's a newer park. It's 30 years. It's only 30 years versus 50 years, but it just felt fresher, you know? Yeah, yeah. That was a lot of fun. We walked through the castle afterwards and the castle inside has the stained glass on the upstairs, which were absolutely beautiful. And then you go downstairs into the dungeon and there's and there's a dragon down there. And that was so cool. That was I've fun. seen video of that and that I definitely want to check out. So how much of the castle can you actually access? So they have the floor zero that you can walk through that's Similar to World, you know, where it's kind of like a tunnel. And then they have the floor above that you can walk through and do like a little loop that has all the stained glass windows. And then you can go out on a balcony and look over the park on the back side. So the not Main Street side, you can look over Fantasyland and Adventureland. And then you can go downstairs into the dungeon. So it feels like there's a little bit like there's more space open to the public in the Cinderella Castle or in the Sleeping Beauty Castle here. But in Disney World, with being able to go up into the restaurant, the restaurant area at Cinderella's Castle is definitely bigger than the area that you can walk through here. Okay. Tell us a little bit about the dungeon area. It's dark. 
<laughs> I was trying to get a good photo of the dragon because I was like, oh, this is so cool. So what is the dragon? Like, it's is it an like animatronic? A, what What is it? It's a little animatronic and it gets up and it thrashes its head around. And it kind of makes like sounds. Then it goes back down to rest. It's a really fun little like walk through walk through. But it's it's not necessarily like anything super exciting because you're pretty close to it. It doesn't breathe fire. Do you think it would be scary for kids? Like, like could little kids go and check it out? Or do you think that might be too much? I think I think it would be as long as you warned them and said like, hey, there's a really cool dragon down here and you didn't frame it as something that it's that was scary. I don't have kids, so I don't (laughs) I don't know how you'd have that conversation with them. But I think if your kids are like into stuff like that, like, hey, there's a dragon, you frame it as something that's exciting versus like, Ooh, a scary dragon because it really wasn't scary it wasn't like lunging at you it just swiveled its head back and forth so okay. okay all right what was after you explored the castle after that we ended up going to walt disney studios because we had a 6 p.m dinner reservation at bistro shade remy we wanted to ride the remy ride before going to dinner just because the wait times weren't as bad this day as we thought they would be tomorrow and we didn't have the premiere access pass yet. So I think it was probably a posted 25 to 30 minutes. And that's what it was. It was a fun ride, but we probably wouldn't, we did not end up riding it again. And we probably wouldn't ride it in Orlando because we both got very nauseous on it. <laughs> we have like an issue with rides like that anyways. Um, so we were glad that we rode it before dinner instead of afterwards. It was fun. It was cute. I heard it's the same exact ride that is in. I've heard that as well. Yeah, that it's the exact same ride. If you you can ride it in Disney World, you're not missing out on it in Disneyland. But it is a cutely themed area. And then we had, after that, we sat for probably about 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, no, I know. I really don't get much motion sickness, but this one does it to me, too. So, yeah, you need to like, all right, let's sit for a few minutes. Recenter yourself. Yeah, exactly. And then we went to dinner afterwards at Bistro Chez Remy. It was cute. What kind of restaurant is this? French. Okay. So there's better places to get French food in Paris than Disneyland. Yeah, I'd imagine like in the U.S., if you want good French food. Yeah, fine. The, you know, the French restaurants in, in Epcot are, are probably good. If you're in Paris and you want French food, go into the city <laughs> rather rather than the, than the parks. And like we both really like Ratatouille. We love the movie. It's super cute. We really wanted to go primarily to see the theming because you're shrunk down to the size of a rat and everything, all of the details on it, like the chairs, the freestanding chairs are made out of little like champagne toppers, like the little metal part that goes on top of oh, a champagne okay. cork yeah, yeah. or like a beer cap or something like that. The booth chairs are like the backing little plates. They're like little saucers. Everything is super cute. The lighting is like Christmas tree lighting. And that's strung up all over the top of the restaurant, but it's, you know, big. So this is similar to what they do in Toy Story Land, where it's like, all right, you're now shrunk down to the size of a toy. In this case, you're the size of of Remy. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's similar in concept to that. And it's a really cute environment to be in. It's just our appetizers were good. The desserts were fine. Our Both of our entrees weren't great at all. I had the vegan option which were the fake meat meatballs. And sometimes those are a hit and a miss. And they were, I think they were overcooked because the, you know, that texture that they get where it's almost like rubber. 
the so it was the fake meat meatballs with like a vegetable stew. Vegetable stew was fine, but it was only vegetable stew, so it's not like there was a starch or anything else that was included with it. Did you find it sounds like you're not having issues getting plant based options? Is it similar there where every restaurant offers some sort of plant based option? Yeah. And the I think the plant based options are vegan, like if they have the little plant based one, but usually they have a vegan and or vegetarian. Like I got a soup that was vegetarian that had real cheese in it. But the entree that I had was vegan. So that was nice. And then Matt, he got cod and he said that it was way, way, way overcooked. Ooh, you don't want to overcook fish. (laughs) It's not. No, it's not good. He got the chocolate lava cake for dessert, which was really good. That sounds good. (laughs) My dessert was fine. It was a cream. It was like a pastry assortment, but the pastries weren't fresh. So it's like custard on the inside was like overcooked. So like it was the custard on the inside was kind it wasn't like not fluffy, but it wasn't like flowing thick or full or I'm not sure what the word is. It was kind of like clotted almost. And then the pastries were you could tell that they were sitting for a while. So the dough was that wet, chewy consistency. Oh, that's really disappointing. So, you know, it is what it is. We were happy that we went and we were happy that we had the meal plan because it was it stung a lot less not having to pay for that meal out of pocket. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the the dining package that they offer. What does that include? So they have a few different tiers. The one that we got includes breakfast, lunch and dinner, and lunch and dinner have the option of either being a quick service or a sit down. So we're not limited to one quick service and one sit down. Either or could be. Oh, okay. So it's by meal, not not like the number of, you know, quick service or the number of yeah reservations you make. It's by meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yep. So is it is it like t- like you have to have your meal within a certain time of day? So like between, you know, nine and eleven thirty or something like that, you have to have breakfast. How like how does that how does it work? Breakfast has to be at the hotel and the hotel breakfast is from I think seven, seven thirty maybe to eleven. But we, you know, we didn't really have to worry about that. It's just, okay, we went we went down to breakfast and it was nice and quick. And then we walked to the parks. Lunch, um, I think it's just two meals. Oh, okay. Okay. So just two meals. In, is it in the parks? Is it in, um, gosh, I keep forgetting what, what's the area Disney called Village. outside the parks? Disney Village. I don't know why I can't remember that. It seems like such an obvious name. Is it anywhere in Disney Village, the parks? What what are the, like, the rules for using these anywhere in the parks or at the resorts disney village i think it has to be a participating restaurant and not all of the restaurants in disney village participate because they do have some chains like there's earl of sandwich there's rainforest cafe but we weren't really looking to eat in disney village so we didn't really look into that to see what ones would qualify now, when you were making reservations, because I assume for this, this Shea Remy's that you ate at, I assume you had to make advanced reservations. How far in advance did you have to book? Does stuff book up quickly, you know, months ahead like it does here? How, how does booking restaurant reservations look? So I we booked with our travel agent and thankfully she was the one who went through that process. Oh, well, that's such a relief. That's so nice to have somebody else take that off of your hands. <laughs> because we did not want to have to worry about calling 
at, you know, 6 a.m. front Paris time. So I guess midnight here and trying to book these. But from the sounds of it, you can make them several months out and it's not as competitive as making them here. We didn't have an issue with getting any of these dinner reservations. We Good. made them, I think, in January or February, and we had no issues with getting in. If you're a planner and you know where you want to go and eat, then that's that shouldn't be too big of an issue. Really, It's like Disney World is its own little crazy universe with stuff like that, where if you're not up and like refreshing right at 6 a.m., you're out of luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad that's I'm I'm glad to hear that 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 was not stressful. No. And I don't think I asked Riley and it didn't sound like she she had a hard time like getting us in. We said, "Hey, that, you know, I assume he's your agent." Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I I said, "Hey, let's like see if we can do something around this time." And she said, "Okay, got it." And there wasn't any compromising on the time. There wasn't any compromising on where we went because I know there's sometimes where it's like, oh, I want to go have lunch at Sanaa. Okay, you can have your lunch at 10 a.m. or 3 p.m. <laughs> okay. Yep, yep, yep. Been there. Been there. <laughs> so you finish your meal. Not the greatest, you know, meal someone's going to eat in Paris, but it is what it is. And you prepaid for it. So <laughs> like you said, it takes the sting out a little bit. Are you exploring this other park a little bit more? Are you going back to Disneyland, what's what's the plan here? Yeah, so by now it was probably around 7.30. We went into a shop, a couple of shops that were around the park, but we didn't really explore too much because we wanted to make, we wanted to get back to Disneyland, do a couple of rides, and then get a good spot for the fireworks. So we went back to Disneyland Paris around 8 p.m. We went to Frontierland and we wanted to go on Phantom Manor, but that is currently closed for a refurb. I was so disappointed when you messaged me and told me that that was closed. I was so disappointed to hear that. I mean, I'm sure not nearly as disappointed as you were, but <laughs> but I really wanted to hear about that one. That's like their version of Haunted Mansion. Such a bummer. I know. And, you know, it, we got some cool photos of the outside, but other than that, that was it. But it was, it looks cool. Um, we went to Big Thunder Mountain, and that is one of my favorite rides at Disney World. It's even more cool out there. Like, there's, it's a way longer ride. Um, there's more drops. There's more props and story items, it feels like. And it's like, okay, that we're probably ending the ride now. Just when you think that you're going up another hill and then you have a couple more drops and it's just so fun. Now, is this the one it's like on its own island? Yeah. Yeah. And so you're like, how do, how do you get there? How do you do it? It doesn't it go under. It does it go underwater. underwater. That, yeah. So cool. Yeah. It is so well done out there. And it was only a 25 minute wait this day and which posted wait times were pretty accurate, which was nice. And that was a ton of fun. After that, we went on Indiana Jones and the Temple of Peril. This was a fun ride, but it was rough. It was a walk-on. Our heads got bumped around a ton. And this is a coaster, right? Yeah, another coaster. And this one also goes upside down. But I was trying to sit there and like steady my head because my ears kept on bumping into the harness. And so we we got off and my ears were like all red because it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. This is an older, older coaster, I believe. And so that's, uh, unfortunately, (laughs) 
not going to be as smooth. No. Yeah. And I, I, it was a lot of fun. I would recommend doing it once, but not twice. Pirates of the Caribbean was a ton of fun. Another one that's longer than the Walt Disney World version. It might be more similar to the Disneyland version because it has the two drops, but we haven't, I haven't been to Disneyland in years, so I can't remember, but it was again, a a much longer ride. It was, it was so fun. And that one was a walk on. Then after that was the Pinocchio ride, which is similar, very similar to the Pooh Bear ride in Disney World. I think it uses the same like track. Okay. Okay. So this is a dark ride. And it was a walk on, but we didn't end up going on that one again the next day. It was like, okay, we've done it once. (laughs) Once was enough. (laughs) Afterwards, we walked around the shops. I think it was probably about 45, 10 o'clock at this time. So we walked around the shops, we grabbed a crepe, and then we secured a spot in the hub for the drone and fireworks shows. Okay, so what you said it was 945. What time does the show start? 1050. 1050. Okay, so you gave yourself about an hour to grab a spot in the hub. How are crowds? Do crowds get as busy at this park for evening shows as they do at Disney World? It didn't seem like it, at least not on this day. I mean, like an hour in advance, were there other people staking out spots? So yeah, we we got in line for our crepe about an hour in advance. And then I had Matt, it, that was probably about a 40, 30 to 40 minute line. So I said, Matt, okay, I'm going to wait in line for this crepe. You're going to walk around and try to find a decent spot that doesn't have a ton of trees. And we were able to find a spot that was relatively decent. It didn't have a ton of obstruction. And we got in there at probably 1030, 1020, 1030-ish. We got, it was a decent spot. Okay, so 30 minutes, really, it's so 30 minutes beforehand, you were able to get a decent spot without trees blocking your view in the hub. I think that alone tells you that it's not as crazy as evening shows at Disney World. And people weren't as packed in, it felt like, as Disney World, but people still do. No matter where you are, people will still put their kids on their shoulders right when everything starts. So my biggest pet peeve, you're like, look at this amazing, amazing, you know, spot that I secured. And then, you know, an hour and a half in advance and then it starts and person right in front of you puts their kids on their shoulders like, ah, the nerve of those people wanting their kids to see. I know. (laughs) Obstructing my adult view. I that's I'm that's my take. I'm sorry. That is still my take. (laughs) I agree. It's annoying. Okay, so let's hear about the show. This was another thing you and I were messaging about because I was like, the drones, I want to know about the drones. So tell me about the evening show. It was amazing. The drone show lasted uh, probably about 10 minutes. And it's a lot more relaxing to watch than fireworks because you're not getting that boom and it's not loud. You have the music in the background. People were really, really quiet during it. And it was just nice to listen to the music and then watch the celebration of the 30th anniversary with the drones moving back and forth. And it was like satisfying to watch because they just slid into their proper spots and then they would like turn their lights on or they would change different colors or they would turn their lights off and you could kind of see the little shadows of the drones flying around. So for people who aren't familiar, the drones make, they fly around like, so instead of fireworks at this point, yeah, it's drones with lights on them and they make different 
shapes, designs, patterns, and sky yeah. patterns with the drones. So they, they have the 30th anniversary logo that they do. And then that kind of turns into a set of Mickey ears that are kind of against the castle. And then they have a little star, several little stars that they make. And it's just so cool with how they program these to go and fly around and make the shapes. And I think they're, they're also projecting lights onto the castle too, but that's not the focus. It's more of you're watching the drones and then the castle's there for a little bit extra storytelling. Oh, that's, I really hope they do the drones at Disney World. <laughs> so cool. Oh, so too. Could you hear the drones? Oh, so my husband is an avid drone flyer and they're, they're loud. They're very loud. And you said that the crowds were, were quiet. Were you able to hear the drones? So the music was long enough. And I think the drones were far away enough that we could not. And I, I could not tell where the drones were flying because it was all about the perspective of where you were and how they were, you know, framing against the castle. I was wondering, you know, like if we were to step behind the castle with the drones, were the drones like right next to it or were right. they? I'm I'm also curious. I hadn't really thought about that, but I'm curious as well because I mean, for safety reasons, you can't have people underneath drones. And I will like my husband flies a drone. We have a friend who's actually a professional drone pilot. Like that's what he does for a living is he's got like the huge ones that are like the size of a bicycle that he flies professionally. And even even him, I've seen these drones crash and they just drop from the sky. So you can't have people underneath them, I would imagine, if you're going to be doing shows. So you're right. I wonder where they are. Like, do they have to block people off so that they're not underneath? Where do they take off from? Mm, all these questions now that I hadn't thought about logistically. The castle, it's similar to the fireworks show where it is closed off because they do use the castle for fireworks right after that. So when we walked around, we had to go kind of around Fantasyland through Discoveryland and then kind of get into our spots from there. So you change spots for the fireworks? No, no, just to kind of get from because we were in Fantasyland before and we couldn't go through the castle. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Okay. So after the drones, do they just do they do they move seamlessly into fireworks, or is it like two very separate shows? It's two distinct separate shows, and they kind of do that. This was the drone show. Now <laughs> we are getting ready for the fireworks show, which will begin in X amount of minutes. I think it was less than five. Your impression is spot on. <laughs> yes, they have that super American accent, you know. That's funny. Do they say everything in French then as well? Or is it only English? So they say it twice. Yeah. And the the fireworks show was pretty. It wasn't the fireworks weren't as big as what they do in Disney World, just because I think that, you know, they don't have the ability to go as big. It's not like it's Disney World and Disney owns all the land. It's Disneyland Paris and then there's stuff around it that is really, really old and if firework goes wrong catch something on fire that's not owned by them so it was it was really good it was really story focused so peter pan was trying to catch his shadow and it chases him through a variety of disney movies scenes songs some of them were in french some of them were in english and is this the story is told via projections on the castle yeah and so you've got the projections on the castle the music in the background some of the music's in French, some of the music's in English, and he's trying to catch his shadow, find Tink to restore the magic, and it was just, you know, sh uh, chills. 
So it was it was a lot of fun. And the musical selection was really, really good. And they have fountains in front of the castle, too. So there was some water effects. Oh, that's neat. I didn't you know, I didn't know that. That's that's really neat. Yeah, it was it was so cool. So while the fireworks aren't as big as what, you know, we have here, that's it's I feel like it made up for it with the storytelling. I, I, I would take it's not that I dislike fireworks, but I I would take this variety like I see fireworks as an American. I see fireworks, you know, regularly. I would take this, you know, variety of the projections, like the water, the drones over just, you know, fireworks any day of the week. So I think it more than makes up for it. At least it sounds like it does. I completely, I completely agree with the podcast stance on it where I'm not going to wait two hours for fireworks. I'm not going to pay $100 to get a preferred spot to see fireworks. Yeah, that's, you know? I know not everybody agrees with me on that, but that is definitely my take on it. <laughs> it was just so we walked out of that show just thinking, wow, between the drones and the fireworks, just it was just so tastefully done. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Okay, so after the firework, is the park still open after the fireworks? No, because by then it was around like 7, tw- or not 7, sorry, 11, 20, 11, and the park closed at 11.30. There were some shops that were still open. We went in, we got some candy from one of the shops on Main Street, and then we headed out after everyone else had left, and we walked back to the resort, so that way we didn't have to wait in line to get on a bus and, you know, be packed in. Because that's one thing that I can't stand is just how packed you feel in Disney World. And there were some parts of the trip, not necessarily at Disney, but just in other parts where we felt packed and we didn't really want to feel like that. So yeah. And at the end of a long day, you know, it's the last thing you want is to be stuff like a sardine in a bus with a bunch of with a bunch of other people. How is the weather this time of year? Over it was there. absolutely beautiful. It had rained a bit before we got there. And then while we were there, we really only had rain on two days. One day we were in the city of Paris. And then another day we were in Munich. But other than that, it was clear skies. Paris was in the 60s, maybe got up to 67, 70 degrees. And then Munich was in the 70s. So it that was just wonderful. <laughs> beautiful weather, not too hot, not too cold. Yeah. Okay, let's move into your next day then. So this is the day you said you had the premiere access, right? So it's similar to Universal and their Express Pass. So you're paying more per person. It's more of a premium product versus like Genie Plus or whatever. But you're not searching in your phone. You're not grabbing specific rides. It's just you get a QR code and you can do everything with a couple of exceptions, right? Yes, exactly. And one thing that I would recommend doing is as of the time we were there, the Disneyland Paris app is worse than the Walt Disney World app. And it doesn't necessarily keep you signed in to your with your profile. So it signed you out a lot. And I asked the person at the front desk, I said, listen, you know, I've been going in checking on stuff to plan this trip. Every time I log in, I have to sign in again. Is there, or every time I open the app, I have to sign in. Is there a way to keep this from happening? And he said, no. And I said, well, we're going to have to go into the app and pull up our premiere passes each time. Is there a way that we can, you know, avoid having to sign in each time we want to go on a ride? And he said, what he suggested was taking a screenshot of the premiere access pass 
And that works. That doesn't always work. That it works. Okay. It does work. And so Matt has hit, had his premier access pass on his phone. And then I had mine on my phone because every time you scan in, it's a turnstile or like one of those sets of doors that open up where you have to, you can't scan in for multiple people. Interesting. What do you do if you've got kids? Like if you've got younger people who don't have phones? I think you would probably have to pass the phone to like, <laughs> uh, uh, like one parent would go up front. Scan them, push the kid through, scan again, and then walk through yourself or something. Cut them all through. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I'm just curious. I know you weren't traveling with kids or anything, but it's just... That's interesting that that's how they would do it, that you can't just like scan. Like I sometimes find it easier. It's like just I will be the person who holds all of our, you know, lightning lanes or whatever, you know, whatever it is. And sometimes that's just faster with my kids. So that's why I was curious. And like another thing, too, we had the phone app for the Premier Access and we had a physical card for our room key dining plan, essentially everything else. And then for any discretional like any additional purposes or purchases, whether it was a gift shop, whether it was snacks, we had to use our credit card. So that was like three Interesting. different cards that we we couldn't charge to the room. So unlike Disney World, you can't your room card is not also it's not your room card, your park ticket, your um what do they call it? Your premier pass or whatever. It's everything is its own thing. So your room key is the park ticket and your dining card, but you can't charge to the room with your room key. And um, it's and it's not linked to this and it's not express linked to the premier access. Pass. Okay. Yeah. It was a little bit clunky like it's nice having the magic band or you know the key to the world card where you can just use one thing for everything, but you know, it it was a little clunky having to finagle, okay, I'm going to go into my phone, I'm going to go into the photos, because if you're taking photos, then it's not necessarily right there. Yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't an option to save it in like the wallet of your phone. That also would have been convenient. You know, that's way easier. At least, I mean, I have an iPhone, I can't speak for other phones, but like, at least for like my iPhone, getting very quickly, like I can do it even from my lock screen. If it's if it's a dated thing, it'll pop up like, is this what you want You know, on your lock screen? And you can open it that way, which would be way easier than, like you said, unlocking your phone, going into photos or signing back into the app. So he did not recommend adding it to your wallet. And I did not do a ton of digging, but I didn't see an option. It might be an option to add it to your wallet. It and I sounds hope it like is. It, prob- it sounds like it probably isn't if he didn't recommend it. Either that or this person just didn't realize. But yeah. You know, other like, it was clunky, but we didn't have any problems with it working. Everything worked and it was super duper easy to, other than the clunkiness, it was really easy to use. That was just, this is a first world problem. Once you figure, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Once you figure it out, I'm sure it's not so bad. Okay. So I assume then you, because you have the dining plan, breakfast at the resort, then what, what's, what's the plan then for the day? Since you have the, the premier pass, I'm guessing you didn't have as much of a, like a strategic plan. Yeah. So the plan was really, we have no plan except for there are some things that we definitely want to do. Let's try to knock those out and then see how it goes. So we had breakfast at the 830. It was really good. There were eggs, sausage, bacon, pastries, Mickey waffles, vegetarian or vegan sausage options. They had those uh, British red beans, like, you know, the beans and red sauce. I love those. Yeah. Had a ton of those potatoes, toast, 
you name it. It was a really nice spread. So we went to Disneyland Park first and we arrived at posted park open time. If we were more of an early riser type, we would have been able to get in an hour early. So we would have been able to get in at 8.30, but we were sleepy because we had done a lot of stuff, you know, well, the day and before. the time change, I'm sure. What's the time difference from where you're at? What time zone are you in? We are in Eastern time. So it is six hours from Detroit. It's a six hour time difference, which it's rough because, you know, it's early, but by then, we were already kind of accustomed to the time zone change because we had been there for a few days. But we those few days, it's not like it was just like, oh, you know, we're going to relax. It's like, okay, let's go to the Louvre. Let's go to Versailles. Let's do this. It's It was go, 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 go. Yeah, you so, don't want to waste a minute. No. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. So I'm a big Pooh Bear fan. And this was the only character meet that we had the uh, patience to do. But we waited for 40 minutes to meet him. And it was totally worth it. We got some really cute photos. This is the longest wait I've heard so far. I don't think I've heard you say anywhere near 40 minutes for any of the rides you did the day before. Yeah. And this was the longest wait that we had. There were other longer posted waits. But this was the long. But because we had the premier access, we didn't have to wait in those lines. And this was the longest wait we had. And it was totally worth it. It was just so fun. And it was so fun to watch Pooh great with like the little kids too. Oh, that was the sweetest thing ever. Is there anything different about the characters in any way? Not really. Not that I saw, but this was really the only meet that we did. We were thinking about doing Stitch, but Stitch, you know, we saw where the line was for Pooh at 40 minutes and Stitch was over an hour, <laughs> you know? So we were like, yeah, ah. yeah. The one thing that was nice though, is you got a decent amount of time. It wasn't like, okay, you know, you get the photo and then you're done. There were some families where he was meeting with the kids for a couple of minutes at a time, especially if there were more kids where he gave them, you know, some one-on-one -on -one attention, which was really, really sweet. That's very nice. I loved it. And then we went to Big Thunder Mountain. That was a posted 30-minute wait. And with the Premier Pass, it was only about 5 to 10-minute wait. The main reason why we started in Disneyland Park was because we wanted to do that Pooh Bear meet and greet. We had just missed him the day before. We saw him wrapping up at 2.30. So he only meets from 9.30 to 2.30. And I was like, okay, we have to, we have to come back to meet with him before because the other times that we had went to the parks, either it was like the last time we went, it was a hour and a half long wait to meet with Pooh when we went last year. When we went the year before that, it was, you know, you couldn't touch the characters. You couldn't do the actual meets. I was like, I, I, I need to meet with him. I need. It was, yeah, it was worth it. Yeah, this was, and especially because you're not waiting, like these other waits are not long. And now you have, you know, a pass to skip the line. So I think a one 40 minute wait for something that was important to you. Well, well worth it. So after Pooh Bear, we went to Big Thunder Mountain. It was posted 30 minutes, but with the premier pass, we waited five to 10 minutes. And we had a noon lunch reservation at Pim Test Kitchen. So we decided to go to Walt Disney Studios, which I know wasn't super efficient, but having that premier access pass, <laughs> it just kind of gave us the freedom to be as inefficient as we wanted to. And so we wanted to do Web Slingers before going to lunch because that's another one that has the 3D effects. It has the motion and we weren't sure how we'd feel after riding it. And so we wanted to do it before lunch instead of after. 
it was posted uh, 90 minutes. We waited maybe 10 to 15 minutes, but most of the lot, most of the wait was done after the pre-show. It was maybe like two to three minutes before going into the pre-show, and then the rest of it was just waiting to get onto the ride vehicle, which was nice. Now, I know you said you haven't been to Disneyland in forever, but do you do you know is this ride similar or the same as the one in Disneyland in I've California? Heard, yeah, I've heard that it's pretty similar, if not the same thing. It was a ton of fun. It was so much fun. I don't think I'd wait 90 minutes for it just because I don't have that long of a patience meter, but <laughs> it was so fun. Now, how did that one make you feel? That Did you feel nauseous or dizzy or anything afterwards? We were both fine. It's more like the Toy Story ride, the Toy Story Mania ride, where you're stopping and doing the 3D effects and shooting the webs. So it's not like you're moving with the 3D screens and having to worry about like the, I think there's something about like the way your mind perceives the 3D effects while moving that where that's what makes you sick. So I, like I said, I get it a little bit, but not too much, but my husband gets motion sickness and it's very similar where it's like the screens and he does a lot of VR and he knows there are like certain tricks and things that he can do because he's like, it's all in my mind. And so I'll have to ask him what the tricks are, but I know like there are certain things he can do to, to stop some of the nausea with like the the headset on because it is it's all mental he's like my brain thinks i'm doing one thing <laughs> you know and i'm actually doing something else and that's what causes it oh yeah it's like that 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 kind of cognitive disconnect between what's what's real and what your brain thinks is real so but it was so much fun and similar to disneyland they have all the little extras that you can purchase after going on the ride so that when you ride it again you can hopefully get a better score <laughs> We did not get any of those, but it was cool to see them. After that, it was about 11.50. So we got in line for a lunch reservation at him. And we got in there at noon. That was a ton of fun. Unlike Disneyland, it is a buffet style. So you have complete run of the restaurant. And we weren't like kicked out at all. So we could have sat there for as long as we wanted, eaten as much as we wanted. And I think we would have been fine. Talk a little bit about like the theming of the restaurant. This is um, an Ant-Man themed restaurant. I think so. So we're not not super in the Marvel. <laughs> I love how you like you, you got quite you whispered that I have video. So I could see you like covered your mouth even <laughs> a little bit. That's <laughs> like, I'm not really into Marvel. <laughs> I promise it's OK. <laughs> OK, good. We 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 like. The franchise we like a lot of the TV shows, but it's hard for us to follow all of the movies that are released. Like we just don't have. Listen, I also I'm about to get like hate emails. <gasps> don't care for Marvel movies. <laughs> now my kids love them. I cannot sit through them myself. I just am not into them. I've seen I think the first Ant Man movie, and I remember thinking it was cute. That one I enjoyed, but yeah, I don't know a ton about it. But is it is everything like huge? Is it like so, the sizes are all all weird, like the one in Disneyland? Yeah. So it's 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 got the it's got something to do with the pin particles where things are either really big or really tiny. There's nothing that's normal sized, which is fun. I mean, there are things that are normal sized because, you know, you can only make a little knocky <laughs> dumpling so big. And, you know, if it gets too big or too small, it'll have a weird mouthfeel. But they had like these really big 
hot dogs on burgers that were cut in the like the burger was cut like a pizza the hot dog was cut like in the cross sections the big ones were and then they had little mini sliders and they had little these cute little mini burgers or little mini hot dogs and typically i don't eat a ton of meat but i saw these little hot dogs and they had like sauerkraut and mustard on them and i'm like okay i have to try this they had mini corn dogs too had to try one of those oh how fu- i was gonna say is it like those like the little mini dogs that you'd maybe put in like a a crock pot with like barbecue sauce or something, but to put it on like a bun and put actual like hot dog toppings on it or turn it into a corn dog. That's so funny. It was so cute. And (laughs) they were really good. And there was, so you look at the menu and you think, oh, there's not a ton of stuff on here, but then they had a ton, they had a lot of other options that weren't listed on the daily menu, which I really ended up enjoying. Like there was a couple of cold soups that were on there. One was like a tomato gazpacho. Another one was a melon one. And those are both really good. There was hummus on there. That was good. Uh, Soybean salad, that was on the menu. And that was fantastic. They had some kids options. And what's nice about this is adults can have the kids food. So they had like the buffalo cauliflower. Ooh, I love that. I love buffalo cauliflower. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. So I was there shamelessly. No shame, just going over to the kids, kids buffet, <laughs> scooping, scooping stuff onto my plate. They also had like paella. They, it was a really big menu, pasta, these really long green beans. I don't know how they made the green beans these, this long, but it was over like the bean itself was over a foot long. Oh, wow. But it was still like the width of a normal green bean. Chicken. It's a little bit of everything. Yeah, it was, it, there was something that everyone would enjoy. And then they brought, a pretzel out. It wasn't like the massive pretzels like they have over there, but it was bigger than your standard size pretzel there. And that was kind of like the bread service okay, that they had. And it was super cool because the salt, pepper, olive oil, and balsamic were all in little test tubes. <laughs> the, the, the test tubes had like little corks in them and the olive oil one had a little poker in it. So you could easily pour it out. But the salt and pepper, you just kind of shook out and it was, it was, so well themed and it was this was the best meal that we had while we were in Disneyland so oh amazing okay good I'm so glad especially after we had one miss the day before okay so tell me that I assume after this we're we're really we're utilizing that premier access pass so let's let's hear about your afternoon then after that we wanted to go on the rethemed rock and roller coaster that they have that think Captain Marvel theme, but I'm not 100% sure. And that's another one that spins and goes upside down. So we just opted to skip it. We're not super into Marvel anyway. We weren't heartbroken. But that's one that we could have used the Premier Pass on had we felt up to it. We just didn't get to it before lunch. So we walked through Toy Story Land. We got some cute photos, smaller than the Toy Story Land in Hollywood Studios. And the rides there aren't as popular. As the one in Hollywood Studios are, it's more of like well-themed amusement park rides, if that makes Interesting. sense. Interesting. Yeah, like, no, it they, does. They have one of those little drop rides where you're sitting in the swings and they drop you down. And that's like themed to the Green Soldier. It's like a parachute drop, like the little Green Soldiers from Toy Story. They have one of those little uh, half pipe rides where you're in like a roller coaster that goes up and down in like a U shape. And that's an RC racer themed ride. And they have a slinky dog ride that just goes around in a circle. So we didn't end up really using those, but it was a fun place to walk through, look at everything, get photos. Everything's just so well themed. 
And it's not as, even though parks were at capacity this day, we were still able to get a ton of really cute photos. And it didn't feel overcrowded, even in Marvel area or like the Toy Story Land. Which park are, which park are these lands in? Uh, still Walt Disney Studios. Okay, that's what I thought. This park also has Hollywood to- Tower of Terror, but we were not, <laughs> we're not into that, so not, we did not no, ride okay. that. It sounds like this park maybe doesn't have as many options for you guys personally. No, it's 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 a fun park to walk through and see everything, but there's just not as much there. I've heard this park in particular is typically people's like least like people who've been to all of the parks internationally. Like this is typically like at the bottom of their list. This this particular one, not Disneyland, but this one. This is a half day park easily. Oh, before lunch, one thing that we did do, I think I forgot to mention it was the crush coaster, which is themed like crush from Finding Nemo. And so you're riding on a turtle shell back. The little ride vehicle is shaped like a turtle shell and it spins around. Uh, in circles as you're going up and down the hills. It's kind of more, and you're going through the EAC, so, or yeah, East Australian current. So it's kind of like a space mountain that spins and there's a little bit that goes outside, but it's dark and there's not a lot of lights or storytelling while you're there. You can hear like the, whoa, dude. You know, it's really just spinning and going up and down. And it's this one was really, really fun. What's the intensity level on that one, would you say? It is more intense than Space Mountain because of the spinning. But it's not anything super intense. Like it doesn't go upside down. But the spinning does add some intensity. And if you get motion sick, for both Matt and I, it ended at just the right point because we went up. And it's like, holy crap, if we have to go back up and down some more, we are going to vomit. And then we went down and then you got to that point where it's like, okay, it's time to get off. You're like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Thank God. Yeah. But it was it was the spinning added intensity, but it was it wasn't anything too scary. And there were I think these kids looked like they were seven or something. I don't know. They weren't like big kids. There were little kids going on the ride. Not like little, little, but yeah, that ride was a ton of fun. After that, we walked to the back and did Cars Road Trip, and we used the Express Pass, but it wasn't needed because either line was a walk-on. This ride, I think, was a retheme of one that might have that might have been in Hollywood Studios, like Danger Valley or something like that. I'm not sure. It might have been like a really, really old ride, but what you're doing is you're going through Route Six. You're going down Route 66 with Sally and the car from cars three i can't remember her name oh i don't know the yellow one (laughs) but you're going down route 66 with them and they're taking you like past all their famous friends so you drive past lightning mcqueen you drive past tomater and he like built like a eiffel tower out of cars tires and stuff like that and then you get to like this dynaco oil rig area and it's like oh you know we still have aftershocks from earthquakes here And then there's like a little earthquake and the ride vehicle shake and water spurts out. And there's like, because it's an oil rig, it lights on fire. It's not super intense. So I, I Googled it here because I was like, what would this have replaced? So it didn't replace anything at Hollywood Studios, but it looks like this ride 
at this park replaced a tram tour, like a behind the magic tram tour. So I can see why you thought it would be Hollywood Studios. And so because because as you're saying that, I'm like, that sounds like a tram, like the old tram um, that was in Hollywood Studios. So I'm guessing they had something similar there that that they then replaced and rethemed because that like, oh, it hits a tanker and water and fire. That's a hundred percent a thing that I did on the tram tour a million years ago. So that makes sense. Yeah. I thought they had something many moons ago had something similar in Hollywood studios, but I couldn't think of what would have been there now. So I wonder if that's where they put galaxy's edge. The, where the tram stuff where, yeah, that's toy story and galaxy's edge is all what used to be the, like the back lot stuff. And I think galaxy's edge specifically had it was that oh gosh i can't think of the name of the show it was the one where they would do stunts like with the cars i'm totally blanking on the name but it was like a car stunt show was then put there and then i believe that is now galaxy's edge i think don't quote me on that but i'm pretty sure that's what it is but the tram tour i mean obviously was there and the senior describing totally from the tram tour so they they obviously in this park in in paris rethemed it for for this cars ride for that purpose and it wasn't it wasn't anything like this wasn't like the best ride that we went on while we were there but it was fun and it was a nice opportunity to sit rest your legs you know because even though the parks aren't as big you're still on your feet you're still walking a ton so that was a ton of fun after this we kind of needed a little break so we walked through the park we did a little bit of shopping at the shops out front we got some matching spirit jerseys we went to the lego stores and just looked around at the displays and relaxed and then we went back to disneyland so we rode the train doesn't have an express pass because it's just the train it's just the train yeah this was the a 20 minute wait so not super long but not super short and we rode it all the way around the park the only other stop that was open was Frontierland. the Fantasyland and discovery land stops weren't open for some reason after that we walked on to the robinson family treehouse which is a bit bigger than disney world in terms of the length of the walkthrough and the size of the rooms so like you know how when you're at disney world it's like these must be miniature people that (laughs) live here (laughs) that's funny yeah the rooms are like you know okay a a real size person could be right an actual human could be yeah. Could be in this room. Yeah. There were caves that are in Adventureland near the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. And we walked through those and those are themed like they have treasure and stuff like that. So that's fun. We went on Pirates and this is the only ride that we wanted to go on that didn't have the Express Pass or the Premier Pass access. So we waited about 30 to 35 minutes. The posted wait time was accurate for this. One thing that I forgot to mention when we were in Walt Disney Studios is they had a that stitch it was like a stitches escape or stitches it was a stitch show and matt got called on it it wasn't stitches great escape was it it wasn't that one that one was a real nightmare i don't think so it was just (laughs) okay it It was was just a show yeah it was just a show it was similar to like the monsters inc laugh floor where they pick on some kids and then they pick on an adult and matt was the adult that got picked on which made my heart happy um, because he loves Stitch, but he's the shyest guy in the world. He was the Stitch was like, no, no, it's not me. I didn't do this bad stuff. It was that guy. It was Matt from Matt from Michigan. 
So throughout the show, he Stitch continually blames him for everything. I assume similar to like Monsters, Inc., where there's an adult where they'll keep the punchline keeps going back to like whatever adult they're paying. Yeah, that guy. And everybody laughs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's fun. (laughs) Oh, it was so fun. And the whole time he sat there, I wish I could have taken photos, but similar to Monsters, Inc., you're not allowed to use your phone during it because it was just you could tell he was just like, I'm so not comfortable right now, but I'm there. (laughs) But you're next to him dying of laughter. Yeah. Stitch is like, this guy's a very, 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 very bad guy. And I'm like, (laughs) I tell him that all the time. You're like, I know. But getting back on track, after Pirates, we did the Alice in Wonderland Labyrinth, which is a walk-on. And that is really, really pretty. You're walking through a hedge maze and there's characters from Alice in Wonderland popping up. And it's not like a ride. It's, you know, a walk-through experience. But it was... It's pretty, it's nice, there's some shade, you know, from the hedges, and it's just a fun place to walk through and take pictures, and it ends with you going up into the Queen of Hearts castle, and you can look down on the labyrinth and take, you know, it's a really good vantage point for photos. That's cool. I'm not familiar with this one. A lot of the rides you're talking about, I'm at least somewhat familiar with. I'm not familiar at all with this one. This sounds really interesting. It was, and it was it was pretty, and it was nice to just kind of take it slow and, you know, go and... That was funny. There was a group of older women in front of us and you could tell they were getting really, really frustrated because they didn't know which way to go. And Matt's like, they're doing They're going about this all wrong. You're supposed to go the wrong way and be like, oh, I can't believe I did that. And then find the right way just to kind of see all the details that they put into it. So after at some point we did Peter Pan. I can't remember when we did that, but it was a walk on with the premiere pass, which was nice. Was it the same as ours the same but a little bit newer more refreshed they had a cute storybook boat ride which is an outdoor boat ride where the boat's similar to like the small world boat and it takes you through like little miniature recreations of famous castles and scenes from princesses so like they had some of the princesses and then they also had like wizard of oz so things that they could recreate in miniature it was really really pretty after that, we had a 645 dinner at the Manhattan Restaurant in Hotel New York. This one we were excited about because it got really great reviews. But I think it's just what we ordered wasn't what we were expecting. So we ordered the lasagna. Also, it sounds like an American-themed restaurant. And I think anytime you are from whatever country and you're going somewhere and there's a restaurant that's themed to like where you're from... You know, whether you're in the U.S. and, you know, it's a whatever, you know, whatever themed restaurant. So that could maybe be part of it. What What's their specialty? Is it like a steakhouse? It's like Italian. Italian. Interesting. Interesting that like a New York themed restaurant. I think it's like New York Italian. So like, you know, not mobster, but also like that, you know. <laughs> Is it like a stereotype of no. New York or Italian? Is it, it like, are they taking it seriously? They're taking it seriously. It's one of their high-end restaurants because it's in the Hotel New York, which I'm is... I'm surprised it's not steak. Like, that feel, like as soon as you said it, I was like, steakhouse? That was where my mind immediately went. I'm surprised to hear it's Italian, but okay. They might right. have had <laughs> a steak option, but we weren't really feeling that. And I think part of the issue with Remy's is every every other table that we saw... All of the adults ordered the steak and fries. So if you want to go to Remy's, 
order those steak and fries because that's what everyone else got. <laughs> Clearly, that was the winner on the menu. Yeah. Going back to this, we got the lasagna, which just really wasn't what we were expecting because the pasta was kind of like gluey where it was. I don't know if it was overcooked and it was like kind of fusing with the cheese and it was just kind of getting a weird texture. Both of our appetizers were good. The desserts were good. We both got the lasagna and it was just too much meat, not enough sauce. And the noodles were kind of just, they tasted like glue or they felt like glue. Like it was really, really sticky. I'm curious. Uh, just now when you were, when you were outside of the theme parks, just like in, just in general, how was the food experience when you were in Paris? Was the food it good? It was fantastic. And there were, because Italians like such a big crowd pleaser, a lot of restaurants had Italian options. So like there was always a pasta on the menu or, you know. I'm just surprised to hear that there were two sit down restaurants that sounded like nicer restaurants. I mean, I don't I don't know the pecking order of like what, you know, the the best or the top restaurants are at these parks, but it, these sound like they're supposed to be higher end or nicer restaurants. And to hear that they were misses and the one that ended up being good was kind of the gimmicky one, you know, the Pim Test Kitchen. It's I'm this is this surprises me because you're in Paris, which is known for food. So And I think that's part of the issue is the Paris is known for food. And I think the parks kind of, it's not like Orlando where, you know, Orlando has good food, but you're coming to these parks, the only option you have is to eat at the parks. Whereas, you know, if you want good food, park food will be fine. Like Casey's Corner was really good too. Yeah, it's because, you know, Orlando has good food, but most of their top restaurants are in the theme parks. Like the reason they have good food is because of the theme parks, because they bring in these amazing chefs and work on these amazing menus. Whereas Paris, like that's what that city is known for. <laughs> and so it's I just am surprised that it's such a miss at the park. It might have it might have just been what we ordered because I was between that and the plant based option. And I've never had a lasagna that had so much meat in it. Like it was there was no <laughs> sauce. So here you are being like, well, I'll just have a little bit of meat. It'll be fine. And then it ends up being way more than you bargained yeah, for. Yeah, and it's Matt's main thing was he couldn't stand how gluey the noodles tasted because it was just I don't know what I don't know how they cooked them it was just weird yeah I think I think the thing with Paris though is if you're a good chef you're not going to the parks and resorts to cook there you're going to go to one of the higher-end restaurants in the city or in the surrounding areas after that you know we were exhausted because we had several days prior of go 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 so it was probably about eight o'clock and we ended up going back to the hotel room because we had a train ride the next day. So we wanted to make sure we could pack everything up, get our bags ready, and then hop, hop on the train. And move on with the rest of your of your trip. Okay, so this kind of concludes the Disney portion of your trip. I'm I'm curious. I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, when you go to Disney World, one of the big things is customer service and cast members and the way they treat guests and those magical moments and pixie dust and, you know, the whole nine yards. I've heard people say that it is night and day at Disneyland Paris, that it is not the same. Customer service is, is just handled differently 
there. Did you find that to be the case? Did you have any interactions with cast members that were positive, negative, whatever? So the cast member that checked us in was really helpful. And he worked with me to, you know, on the issues with trying to fix my hotel keys. Finding your room. (laughs) So he was helpful. He fixed the hotel keys. He didn't assume that it was me going to the wrong floor first. He was like, oh, yeah, let me take this. Let me look into it. He didn't make me feel like a dummy for going to the wrong floor because he did do something to try to fix the keys, like to begin with. So that was helpful. But for the most part, everyone was friendly. But like, especially our waiters and waitresses at like Remy or the Manhattan restaurant afterwards, they weren't like it wasn't like Disney where it's like, oh, can we get you anything? Is there anything, you know, that you need? Oh, it looks like your drink's running low. Let me give you some more. Because it's not like the states where you have free refills and they're coming by constantly to check to make sure that you have water or soda. It is, if you want another soda, you will ask me and you're paying for it, you know? (laughs) Which is fine. It's just how it is there. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's not like anyone was rude, but there wasn't definitely like, I'm here to make sure this person has a magical stay. Yeah, it's not an over-the-top customer service magical experience kind of thing. It's just more standard customer service. How about things like like wine in the parks? You know, at Magic Kingdom, you're not going to find wine, but that's a part of life in Paris. So was that something you saw a lot of? I didn't see a lot of like drinking within the parks, but all of the parks, all the sit down options that we saw, they had wine offered with the meals. We did not drink while we were there just because drinking makes me sleepy and I was already tired. (laughs) Too much to do to go to sleep. (laughs) So we didn't, we didn't take advantage of drinking in the parks, but if we wanted to, it wouldn't have been difficult. It wouldn't have been an issue. Now, how about the app? I heard you complaining a little bit earlier about the app, did you find that it was other than like being logged out constantly? Did you find it was similar to the Disney World app where you're finding restaurants, characters, wait times, things like that? Are you able to mobile order on the app? You're able to mobile order. But if you use the dining plan, you can't mobile order if you want to use. Oh, that's annoying. (laughs) So if you want to use like one of your little meal punches, then you can't use the mobile ordering but you can if you if you wanted like a snack from a physical uh quick service restaurant the kiosks didn't have mobile ordering the wait times were pretty similar like that the wait time the map function functions very similarly to how it functions in disney world the one thing that i noticed is it doesn't feel like they try to use the wait times to push people throughout the park, if that makes sense, and try to control where crowds are. So the wait times are just what they are. They're not like using wait times to to try and get people to go one way or the other. Yeah, because, you know, the, the, the nice thing about this park is it seems like there's more opportunities to just walk and look at the pretty sights because they put a lot of effort, especially in Disneyland, to have some fun walkthrough attractions that are cooler out of the sun that don't necessarily that that aren't actual rides but just people will spend time walking through those words i don't really see that being like they don't have that in america because i don't really see americans taking advantage we're of very that go go we're very go 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 and that's that was something else i was actually going to ask you it 
you know, Disney World is not to me at least. And like from what you know, what I see when I'm there, it's not what I would call a relaxing vacation, relaxing park. You know, it's a lot of go, go, go. Like if you're there first thing in the morning, even though they tell you don't run, like there are always people running, you know, it's it feels competitive. It's it's like the most American thing ever. It sounds to me and and you can obviously give your thoughts, but it sounds to me like this is more of a, a chill vibe. You mentioned quite a number of walkthrough experiences. And like you said, you don't see that here. That to me says like more chill, you know, or maybe more opportunities to just stroll and take photos, you know, rather than like run to the next ride, go, 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 go. Like what was your your take on the vibe of this park versus Disney World? Yeah, that's definitely something that I noticed, which was nice. And I'm glad that we had the premiere access because like while we didn't really need it, had we been like there from park open to park close, we could have gotten everything done that we had already did. But it just would have taken all of that time. It gave us the opportunity to have a leisurely experience and not really feel like, okay, we have to go to the next ride and to the next ride and to the next ride because that's not really how people were behaving. It wasn't like, granted, we weren't there at rope drop, but I didn't feel like I had to rope drop. I didn't get there. And the only the only reason why I got, I wish we got there like five minutes early, it was who would have been like maybe a 30 minute wait instead of a 40 minute wait. (laughs) But it just kind of seemed like people were, people were just stopping and looking around and being more in the moment, which as an American, it's like, come on, I'm trying to go to the ride. Don't stop in front of me. As I'm looking at my, as my head is in my phone, my face is in my phone and I'm at the simultaneously like sprinting (laughs) to the next ride. Yeah, that's, that's the Disney World experience. So this sounds like really night and day as far as like the vibe of the park. And even though it was full, it didn't, it felt more full on the 18th than it did on the 17th, but it wasn't like, I feel claustrophobic. I feel overwhelmed because there are sometimes where I'll be at Disney Universal wherever. And if the parks are packed, I will start to shut down, you know? Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. You're like, there's too much going. I can't do this. I can't. Interesting. And you had, you really only had about a day and a half because you didn't start in the morning on your first day. You started in the afternoon. Did you feel like that was enough time? Like if somebody's listening to this and they're like, Disneyland Paris is something I've always wanted to do. Could you build a trip that's just Disneyland Paris? Or is that like really not, is there not enough to do to like fly out there just to justify theme parks? I mean, if you, if you live over in Europe and like, let's say you're coming from England, that would be a great weekend trip. I think if we, if we had gotten up a little bit earlier and had, you know, a little bit longer than a day and a half, maybe two full days at the park, that would have been perfect because there were still some small rides that would have been fun to do, like some small, like, like children coasters, not like, you know, Disney roller coasters, but there was like a children's roller coaster that was a little train ride that we, we had we gone on that, we would have been late for our dinner reservation. So we didn't go on that. But you know, like little things that would have been fun to do. Like if you lived in England, you could take a weekend, spend the time there. And I think it would be absolutely fantastic. But I think coming from the United States, I could not justify, you know, if, if you really are into Disney, and you're going to all the shows, 
you want to do everything there, you might be able to squeeze three days out of it, two and a half to three days. If you wanted to do every single thing, there's just so much else to do in Europe. And the flights are so expensive that I don't think it would be worth it to just come over and do only Disneyland. Well, and hearing that you could do it all in just a couple of days, too. I actually think that that's a plus. Like, if you're from the States, I think that that's a plus because I, as much as I love the parks and would totally build a trip around the parks, I also, like, I I would hate to be in Paris and not get to see all these other things that you had mentioned in the beginning, like when you kind of went over your itinerary for your entire trip. It's like, I would have hated to like know that like, oh, if I really want to see the parks, I have to spend a week here or whatever, like like you would at Disney World. So I, I actually look at that as a positive where it's like, all right, I can do like a day or two in the parks and then also see, you know, the rest of this beautiful country or beautiful city on top of it. And I think I think it's a really good way to, if you're a Disney junkie, sprinkle in that little magic without having to completely sabotage your whole family's vacation. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Last question, I think. What of the rides that they have here at Disney World and Disneyland Paris, what what did you think was, which did you think was better? So like Space Mountain, Pirates, or some of the other ones? Small there was one World, more, wasn't there? Big uh, Thunder. Small World and Big Thunder. All of them, hands down, better in Paris. All of them? Oh, wow. <laughs> I, because I, I feel like the length of the rides were all longer here. So it's not like... It's not like, you know, in Disney World where you're going to wait 40 minutes to go on a super short ride. It's I was waiting less time going on a ride that felt longer. Like with Space Mountain, you know, it was this one. It's hard to compare because it's not the same exact thing. Like it's a newer ride. It's a newer coaster. It's a smoother ride and it's themed to Star Wars. So it's that one is, you know, anything if it's themed to Star Wars, I'm going to I'm going to favor that. But I still love Space Mountain at Walt Disney World, but it's just like that one's hard to compare. It's just I would pick this one more. I couldn't ride it as many times because it goes upside down and makes me sick. But it was it was a lot of fun. Big Thunder, that that one's more that one's easier to compare just because there's it's the same ride. It's there, there's just more of it. It's just more of it. Yeah, there's more. There's more of the great ride that I like. So that was better. Small World, the dolls have gotten some love recently. So. It wasn't like a creepy <laughs> with like one eye closed on like one doll or like the one that's like just stuck and not moving or yeah, or twitching. Yeah, the one that's shaking. You're like, oh, you feel bad for those poor dolls. <laughs> Were there a lot of was it did you feel like it was a lot of people from the area? Was it a lot of people from the Paris area where did a lot of international tourists? I don't know if you necessarily like chatted with anybody. It sounded more French and English. Like a lot of the English uh, speakers that we saw there, they had British accents. So, and it's pretty easy to get to France from England. So a lot of British people, a lot of French people. And then I think we heard like a little bit of German, but we didn't encounter that many Americans when we were there. Yeah, I was curious what the mix was. All right. Are you going back anytime soon? You planning another big trying to trick your husband into like a second, second honeymoon or something. No, <laughs> this was an absolutely fantastic trip, but we are just both 
so exhausted from it. It was so fun, but we're just trying to now it's, you know, we're back home with our dog. Take it easy. Enjoy the Memorial Day. Enjoy the day off and try and recoup. (laughs) I'm so glad you were able to come on, though, because you had mentioned this. I think it was like right after your initial wasn't it like almost immediately you're like, we're talking about this. We're talking about going to Disneyland Paris. And I was like, if you do it, let me know. And sure enough, (laughs) we started booking it in September. We booked the non-Disney portions of our trip in September of last year. And then in January, we we finally pulled the trigger on doing the Disneyland stuff. One thing that I do want to mention, though, because it did kind of impact how we planned our trip. If you're doing a package through Disneyland where you're purchasing hotel, where you're purchasing hotel nights and tickets all together, which is cheaper to do. The, you have to have park ticket with every night that you have a hotel stay. Like we booked on the set, we booked the nights of the 17th and the 18th. So we had to have park tickets for 17th, 18th, 19th. And our original plan was to just book the 16th, 17th, 18th, like the night of the 16th. But we didn't want to get park tickets for that day because we wanted to do other stuff. So they don't let you move the dates of your tickets around. No. You, if you do a package. Yeah. So you have to have like the number of nights plus one for the ticket stays. And it that just got to the point where it was more money than we wanted to spend on it. And you've got other things that you're doing. This is this is not just a Disneyland trip. This is, you know, just a, one portion of the trip. So, yeah, you don't want to be like stuck in there on the dates that don't work. The reason why we thought about doing it this way was so that way we could drop our luggage off and then go back to Paris and spend some time in the city and then go back to Disneyland in the night because it's not, the train tickets are really inexpensive. It's not like taking an Uber where you're, you know, spending a ton of money on transportation. So we thought, okay, this way if we could wake up and be in Disneyland, then that would be easier. But we didn't want to have to spend the extra money on the park tickets. So when you are planning your trip, just think about that as well, just with transportation. And if you want to get there a little bit earlier. That's a really good tip. That's a good tip. And I assume your travel agent was able to guide you through that. Also, I think something like this, too, if you've never done something like this, a travel agent is a must. So well, a good travel agent, I just, not all travel agents are equal. <laughs> Somebody who has experience with stuff like this is a must because yours was able to get your restaurant reservations. And it sounds like guide you through transportation and train options and and things like that so great great tips she was super helpful and she was like when you're when you go when you get on the train make sure you save your ticket for when you get off the train because you have to present your ticket twice at the turnstiles once when you get on to access the train and then once when you get off to show that you've gotten off at the right station and that you were paying for the correct train line and i didn't understand what she was saying when she first said it but once we started to go through (laughs) you know, doing stuff on the on the metro uh, lines and everything. It's like, oh, that's what she means, because they do expect you to retain your ticket and don't hold on to it in your sweaty little grubby hands, because then the ticket reader won't be able to read it. I had that issue. (laughs) You're like a friend told me not for personally. I don't have sweaty hands. It's, you know, somebody else. Oh, yeah, not me. I'm not gross. And one final thing. Speaking of being sweaty and gross and, you know, (laughs) disgusting parts of being a lady. Thigh Society shorts, the anti-chafe cooling shorts. I wore cute dresses, cute rompers every day while I was there. And those shorts saved my thighs because they would have been bloody and... They 
are the best. They are seriously the best. So I just got an email from them the other day. They now have ones that have little cell phone pockets because that was like my biggest thing. I was like the only thing they're missing cell phone pockets. So I think because it's like, you know, it's got to hold a cell phone. I think it's a little bit heavier than the ones that like I had talked about on my last trip. But still, but still, like I have several different varieties of them and they're they're all good. <laughs> but cell phone good pocket, huge, huge development. Yes. So <laughs> but yes, breaking news, cell phone pockets have been added. I'm glad those worked for you. I'm obsessed with them. I love them. Well, this was amazing. All right. If you go anywhere else, fantastic. You need to reach out to me again and and come back and talk to us about it because this was really fun. And now I'm super jealous and hoping that I can go to Disney. I'll definitely let you know. And I would totally recommend it. And the nice thing about going to Paris is other than the cost of the flight, you know, when you're looking at staying in the city, it's really what it's really what your budget is. You can kind of curtail the trip to that because food is, you know, you can go to high end restaurants, but they also have cafes where things are really reasonably priced. They have hotels that will run you over a thousand euros a night, but our Airbnb was between 150 and $200 a night. So it's really, you know, what your budget is. You can, you can really adjust your trip for that. You, you felt like you had a lot of options within your budget. Yeah, it was, That's great. it was so fun. I would definitely recommend going over there just amazing. Thank you so much for having me on again. It was great. Thank you, Julia. Thank you again to Julia for sharing her trip to Disneyland Paris with me. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, there's a link in the show notes. Please, please, please go and look at her photos. I put a link in there. She's got a ton of great, beautiful, just gorgeous photos. So take a look at that. I have uh, uh, several more trip reports this month. I'm also leaving for my own trip next week. So I will be doing Epcot After Hours. We're also doing an experience in Disney Springs um, where you get to bake your own or you get to decorate, not bake, you get to decorate your own Mickey Mouse dome cake. And so if you've done any sort of like research or planning, you might notice um, when you're booking your restaurant, so if you're not told, do you want a cake delivered, you know, to your table? Um, so we're actually going to decorate one of those cakes. It's a Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse uh, dome cake. So that will be a really cool experience. We're planning on doing Lego mini figs. Um, I'm going with my 14-year-old. He really wants to ride Tron. So that'll be a priority. So lots of fun stuff. If there's anything in particular you want us to check out, uh, find me on Instagram. That's probably the easiest way. I'll be posting as I'm going along there as well. So uh, follow along if you want to see live updates from the parks. Otherwise, I will talk to you guys next week and hopefully I'll see you in the parks.